Good evening. Well done on coming on such a lovely evening instead of sitting out in green. <laughs> um, there's a key verse in this passage which I really want us to focus on, and it's verse 5 of the passage. So if we could just flick that up there on the screen. Verse 5. close. Keep going. There we go. And it took me, this is a verse that kind of caught me off guard, made me think, made me go to scripture to interpret it, really, for scripture to interpret. Scripture is the best way to go about interpreting scripture. (laughs) And uh, I'll just read it. Do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? That's the key to this whole uh, thinking of James's. And it comes in verse 5. It's sort of halfway between, in the middle of of his thoughts. And it's sort of the, 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 the crucial point. He's saying right right there in that verse that God has caused the spirit that each of us have living in us to live there. And he yearns for it. He's jealous over this spirit that he's given us. And he, he wants us to be with him. That's God's desire is that we would belong to him and he would belong to us. And that is what we were made for. That's our destiny. Um, and that's Uh, the thing that the church through the centuries has preached that God is longing for human hearts and minds and spirits to be his, to belong to him and when we aren't in line with him, when we aren't with him and in him, then all sorts of things go wrong and we see it around us all the time and James makes the connection Uh, between arguments and um, bickering and quarreling, he connects that with being out of connection with God and being preoccupied with your own desires, but also being um, used by the devil, that the devil is behind uh, a lot of the dissension and quarrels and fightings that we see around us in the world. Now, I don't know what your view is of the devil, whether you have one or not. Um, I was reading an article in The Telegraph this week about Pope Francis, who had uh, supposedly done an exorcism on a man sitting in a wheelchair uh, after a mass. And um, somebody, some theologian, had made a statement on the uh, TV network that they were filming it on that he he had done an exorcism. They definitely thought it was an exorcism. Now this caused furor not only in the public press but in the Catholic Church because not everybody in the Catholic Church is agreed on whether exorcism is something that should be practiced, whether there really are demons or a devil um, or whether it is just human nature. And so uh, the article that was written in the Telegraph was saying basically that all religions agree, including Judaism, that there really isn't a devil, that it's just human nature, you know, that we have the propensity for good and bad. 
And so Hinduism believes that, the yin, the yang, Buddhism, you know, the black, the white, the good, the bad. Uh, Islam believes in that, um, you know, that if you outweigh your good deeds with, uh, your bad deeds with good deeds, when you die, you know, your, your sins will be weighed on scales against your good deeds. So, you know, it's just all about human nature. So uh, that's why in Islam you give to charity and you look after the poor because you want to outweigh your bad deeds. And in Hinduism, you know, if you aren't good, you'll, become, you'll come back in the next life as a dog or the flea on a dog. You know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, you don't want that. So you want to try and do good so, to counteract the bad in you. And then a pure soul in Hinduism will eventually reach nirvana or whatever and become nothing. Um, And Christianity is the only religion, according to the journalist in the Telegraph, that believes in a real devil and in uh, demonic forces that are at work. And we see this here in this reading uh, in James. We're not told an awful lot about the devil, and I think the reason for that is because we're not meant to concentrate on him too much. Uh, he's quite vain, and he likes attention, and so we don't want to focus on him a lot, but we do need to know that he exists, and we need to be on our guard to know how he works and to guard ourselves. In verse 1, James says that fights and quarrels result from the desires that battle within us. I'm sure we can all relate to that, battles that rage within you desires that you have that battle inside you you want something in verse 2 but you don't get it so you covet it uh, and you still can't have it you might even go to the extent of thinking that you wish somebody would die so that you could have what they've got (laughs) and that is a murderous thought when you ask James says in verse 3 you don't receive Why is that? He says it's because of wrong motives for your own pleasures. And that's what he means about those desires battling within us, those wrong motives to pleasure yourself, to provide for yourself, to promote yourself, to preserve yourself. This is the thing that battles in us. And then James goes on to talk about friendship with the world being in opposition to friendship with God. And you think, well, hang on a minute. How has he made that leap? What is the world? What does that word mean? And is it the earth around us? You know, is it this wonderful planet that we live on? No, it's not that. It's a world system. And in the New Testament writer's thinking, the world system is a system that is fathered by the father of lies by the prince of this dark age the devil and it's that world system that James is referring to that uh, friendship with that world system isn't compatible with friendship with God you can't please both and uh, we find ourselves even after we've become Christians being torn and being Uh, having these struggles within us because we're human and we're we're weak 
and we have these weak spots where the enemy of our soul knows he can come and press a button and uh, send us into a spin. don't know if you remember the story of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. And it says in the gospel account that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. You think, well, why would the Holy Spirit lead you to be tempted by the devil? But that's what happened. And the whole time he was there for those 40 days, the devil said to him, if you are, if you are the Son of God, then provide for yourself. If you are, then promote yourself. And that was basically the thrust of the devil's temptations to Jesus, was provide for yourself and promote yourself. Preserve yourself, promote yourself. Questioning whether he really was God's son, questioning whether God would look after him, whether God would preserve him or promote him. And Jesus could so easily have given in, couldn't he? He was hungry after 40 days of not eating. He could have easily turned those stones into bread and provided for himself. But instead he chose to trust that God his Father would provide for him. He could have easily been tempted and fallen into the trap of throwing himself off the roof of the temple to prove to all Israel that he was who he said he was. And so escape death on the cross. But he didn't. He trusted that God would promote him one day and would seat him above all names, and that every nation and every tongue and every tribe one day will bow down and declare that he is Lord. One day that will happen, and it hasn't happened yet, and Jesus in faith didn't give in to the temptation that the devil was laying open to him. Let, let me promote you. Promote yourself. Preserve yourself. And we're no different. You know, Jesus came to be like us, to step into our shoes, and he has been through everything that you and I will face. And all the temptations are the same. That's the basic thrust of all temptation, is self-preservation and self-promotion. And we need to be those who choose friendship with God over friendship with that world system and say, we are going to put our trust in God to preserve me and to promote me because he has said I'm his daughter or I'm his son. So the devil will come at you and say, if you are a daughter of God, if you are a son of God, are you? Are you sure? Are you sure you are? Are you sure you're loved by God? Are you sure that he's going to look after you? Are you sure that he's going to make sure that you uh, survive in life and do well in life? And like Jesus, we need to be those that think, yep, I'm going to trust you, Lord. I'm going to put my hope in you. I'm going to trust that you'll preserve me and promote me. I'm not going to have this friendship with the world that says, I'll do it myself. DIY, <laughs> self-preservation and self-promotion. I'm going to trust God to do it for me. And if you think about it, all arguments come down to that. You think about the last time you had an argument with somebody. Simon doesn't want me to tell you any of our arguments. <laughs> but I'm going to. <laughs> I 
had a great argument a long time ago. Um, and I don't even know what it was over. Um, I can't remember what it was over. We were in a car park outside an ice skating rink. Sophie was a little girl. She was about two. And we were going to take her ice skating for the first time. And we then had an argument in the car. And I was pregnant. And... Um, Instead of, I got out of the car with Sophie, and then Sai's still arguing with me through the window, and I'm arguing with him. And instead of him parking and, and getting out of the car as well, he wound, wound the window up while I was shouting at him. <laughs> and then he drove off. <laughs> and at which point, I threw my purse at the back of the car, and all my coins, I only had coins, and they were only copper coins as well, fell out of my purse and went all over the car park. So me and Sophie are both crying, and we're on our hands and knees picking up these two pennies and one penny pieces, <laughs> and this lady comes over to me, and she says, don't worry, love, I know who you are, <laughs> at which point I thought, I just don't want anyone to know who I am right now, I really, really don't, and she says, you and your husband came to our church last Sunday and you preached a beautiful sermon together. And she said you were so anointed by the Holy Spirit and it was so wonderful. Don't worry, love, I'm divorced. I know what it's like. <laughs> and I was just like, and then Sophie goes, and we haven't got any money. <laughs> and then she says, oh, would you like some money? I'll give you some money. I'm thinking, no, no, go away. Just go away. <laughs> and eventually, I was praying furiously, God, please bring Sai back. Please bring him back. And after he'd cooled off a bit, he came back and we went ice skating together and we forgave each other for whatever we'd argued about. But... Um, <laughs> I mean, I tell you that story against ourselves, really, because, you know, we're all human and we all get lost a bit at times, don't we, with our emotional needs. Whatever it was I was saying I needed, Sai was thinking about what he needed, and there was that conflict and that clash. And in our frustration with each other, we couldn't even be together for a period of time. <laughs> and no matter how spiritual you may appear at some points in your life, there are other points when you are just like that. And, you know, that's the way it is. Um, but I think the leveling ground comes in the presence of God when you begin to pray and you say, Oh, God, help! I can't help! <laughs> and uh, one of my favorite prayers, which I do give freely to everybody you can use it you know I'm not the copyright on it but it's he's your son you speak to him that works <laughs> and I'm sure he uses it with me as well Lord she's your daughter speak to her because when we're really focused on our own agenda on getting our needs met on preserving ourselves or promoting ourselves it's very difficult in those moments to hear the other person's needs or to even understand what it is they're saying, and you're so defended, trying to preserve yourself and pr promote yourself that you can't even relate. And the leveling ground comes when you come before the Lord and you say, Lord, you have our, both of our best interests at heart. Can you please speak to us and sort this out and help us understand each other?
And another thing I pray regularly, if we've had an argument, is Lord, help me love him. <laughs> if I'm really cross, it's really hard to feel that love. But as I pray that, then in comes the love that God has for Simon, which surpasses my own natural ability to love when I'm feeling all vulnerable and defending myself. When you're feeling defensive, you can't show affection or love. And so it's that place of coming before God and saying, I need help to live at peace with somebody else, to avoid arguments and bickering and quarreling. I need to live in this place of dependency on God. And this is what James's thrust of his thought is all about. The way human beings live best is when our spirits belong to God, when we're in, in him and he's in us, and when we're living at peace with him and we're allowing him to defend us and to promote us, and we're not making that our agenda, that's his agenda. We've surrendered ourselves to him, and he's going to look after us. Seek first the kingdom, and all these other things will be added to you as well. Seek his will first, and then the other things that you're worried about, He'll sort out. Let him do that worrying. Let him sort that out for you. And when Sai and I live surrendered to the Lord, we live at peace with one another. When one of us isn't living surrendered to the Lord, you can tell. Things go wrong. Communication breaks down. Arguments happen. But when we're living in that place of surrender to Jesus... We're able to communicate. We're able to relate in a peaceful, wholesome, loving way. And when you look at that, you take that and you, that model of just a couple, but you take it out to the whole world. And you think if the whole world lived at one with God, their spirits belonging to God and being one with him, crying out to help, cry out for love and trusting God to preserve and promote each nation there wouldn't be any war there would be discussions where people are listening to God and listening to each other and able to come to agreement and for there to be peace between one another God's spirit yearns longs for your spirit and the world system that we live in, saturated in, rule, is ruled by the devil and is doing everything to distract you, deceive you, and tempt you away from your destiny, which is to be one with God. And I think a lot of people around us live in a distracted way. They just live with trivia, distracting them constantly from the real issue, which is that their hearts are restless and they need to find their rest in being God's and God being theirs. So when Paul, uh, James talks about uh, being humble in verse 6, he says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Being humble means that you surrender. You surrender yourself. And when you do that to God, he gives you his grace, just pours through you. The whole time when you're defending yourself, you can't receive anything. And when you surrender 
to God, he then is able to pour his grace through your life and enable you to live in peace with others. Verse 7, he says, submit to God. And reiterates that thought, resist the devil and he will flee from you. I love that. You know, we don't need to fight the devil. We just need to resist him. (laughs) You know, we don't need to go into warfare and, you know, take up our swords and go on the attack. We just need to defend by resisting, by saying no, as Jesus did in the wilderness. No, I'm going to trust what God says. I'm going to trust that God does love me, that he will promote me, that he will provide for me, that he will care for all my needs. I'm going to trust him. I'm not going to go about trying to find it all myself. I'm going to just give my life to the service of his kingdom. Come near to God and he'll come near to you, verse 8 says. Become single-minded rather than double-minded. Let your desires surrender to God and trust him that he will give you the desires of your heart in due time. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. So when you're faced with a situation next where you're tempted to defend yourself, to preserve yourself, to promote yourself, to argue and bicker. Instead, maybe you could experiment with trusting the Lord, with bowing your head and with surrendering to him and letting him lift you up in his way and in his time. A surrendered way of life is so much easier than a self-defended way of life. It's exhausting defending yourself and preserving yourself and promoting yourself is so much work surrendering is so much easier God has said come to me all you are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me because I am meek and humble in heart and you'll find rest for your soul that's what God wants for all of us that's your destiny is to be at rest inside with God, trusting him for all your needs. Let's pray. Lord, we do pray that you would help us be on our guard against our enemy, the devil, who is like a roaring lion seeking those whom he may devour. Through tempting us with lies and deception to preserve ourselves, to promote ourselves, to provide for ourselves. When you long to do it all along, Lord, we pray that you'd strengthen that faith that's within us to trust you. To trust you that you have our best interests at heart as well as the other person's 
that you love us equally and that there is a way to peace. And I pray, Lord, that you would make us more uh, effective in being brokers of peace as we bow our heads and surrender ourselves to you and trust you with our lives. And Lord, we pray also that you would uh, supply our needs. James told us that we do not receive anything because we don't ask. And when we do ask, we ask with wrong motives. And so, Lord, we ask tonight that you'd search our hearts and see if there's anything that's wrong in us and lead us in your way. Show us your way for our lives and what you want to give us. And, and then we'll know how to pray, what to ask for. And I pray, Father, that you would just open the eyes of our understanding to know what it is that you long to give us, the good things that you have stored up for those who love you. And Lord, we pray that uh, you would use us this week to minister to others who are at odds with their community or family or with themselves even. Lord, we pray you'd take us and use us to minister peace to them, to help them connect with you, to help them trust you, to bring them into their destiny, to be at rest with you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.